0: with you
1: As we come to this time of communion, I wanted to take a moment and talk a little bit about what's going on in our country right now. Uh, we are at a time, more so I think than at least in my lifetime, where we are incredibly divided. Uh, I'm seeing uh, a lot of talk about, you know, if you have a family member or a friend that doesn't agree with your opinion, block them. Get rid of them. Get get them out of your life. Uh, just be, instead of and that doesn't make sense to me because we as Christians need to be we need to be a light to people. and the number one thing that you can do or that you have to do in order to be a light for someone is you have to be able to say no, I, I can understand where you're coming from and then talk it out. As Christians, we need to be listening and we need to be good stewards of of God. We have to show people that we are uh we are here for them we are loving we are kind all these things because we know the thing that separates us um from others in that in that regard is that we know that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god so we don't deserve any of that we don't deserve any of his love or any of his mercy it makes me sad to see uh kind of friends that i've had for years turning on each other um, because of one opinion. now granted some of those opinions can be can be kind of life-altering opinions and you know maybe it is good it, maybe it is right for them to not associate anymore. however you, we should still try. We need to try to reach out to people and show them God's love and God's grace. I'd like to read um, from 1 Corinthians 1128. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are becoming disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world." This week, um, have those uncomfortable conversations. Have, if, you're, if you're worried an opinion that you have or an opinion that somebody else has is gonna damage your friendship, you need to talk about it. But first, before you do that, you need to preface it and say, I love you and you know that, and I have all, I, I have all the love in the world for you because I have all the love in the world from God, which I know that I'm not deserving of. Let me pray with you, let me talk to you, all these things. In a world where we are divided and we are, we are separating ourselves, this is the perfect time for us to come together and show why God's love is so special and why we are so, we are so uh, the only word I can think of is spoiled. We're so spoiled to have God's love and to have that upon us. Um, be a light unto the world go out and, and and help people you know take a moment to understand their perspective don't judge them for it um I think we should pray dear god I want to just reach out to everybody that's watching this right now or listening or whatever give us as your people the strength to be able to to stand up for what we believe in and 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 be able to be welcoming and not stand up with an iron fist or or stand up in oppression or or antagonistically but to stand up in arms with one another and and show people your love this is the this is the time if there ever was a time in our lives to show the world god's love this is it and help us to not let this chance pass by if there's an awkward conversation or some a situation that's going to make you uncomfortable make us uncomfortable Give us the strength to overcome that and be able to talk about you. Because ultimately, that's what all of this is about. Every, it's all about you. Um, we are put on this earth to worship you. Just help give us the strength to be able to overcome uh, the fear we might have of losing a friend, losing a family member, any of that. We are able to stand up um, for your people. And I I pray that you're able to reach out and touch the lives of those people this week. Give give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Just like the song says, we want to see the world through your eyes. In your name we pray, amen.
0: For yeah.
2: Jesus talked about money so much. So it doesn't make any sense to say, let's talk about spiritual things, not money. That's like, okay, so then Jesus wasn't real spiritual. You know, and no, he talked about it all the time. It's, Jesus was, when you, when you look at the things that he would say to people, he was very concrete. See, we like, in, in America, we like to make spirituality almost um, something you can't measure. We, we make it very abstract, like, oh, I feel this, God, he's just in me, I just know it, you know, and, and well, where's the fruit, you know, where's the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, the, the words that Jesus uses, the words that John uses, the words that James uses, is this like, well, you say this, you say this, kind of ethereal, abstract, oh, I love people, but scripture would say, but if you love them, you wouldn't just say, oh, I love you, go warm and be fed. You would actually give them some food and put some clothes on their back. It, you would do something practical, something we could see. And, and, you know, you, and, and at the same time, he says, you're not going to be like the Pharisees who do things just to be seen. And so we're not talking about that, but true... True spirituality is going to lead to some sort of action. Like I, I'm trying to think, it may have been Amy Carmichael who said, "You can you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving." I thought, "Ooh, that's good." <laughs> you know, that's that's what it comes down to. We can say, "Oh, I'm so loving this that." Well, if you were, you would give
3: so if you'd like to support the mission and ministry of real life just go to reallifecc.us from your couch your car your chair wherever you happen to be look for the orange uh, give circle and uh, down in the right hand corner click on that fill out the flow and you will be good to go don't forget to sign in if you are a regular make sure you're signed in or create an an account at the end of your session And then that way, all the information will be saved. It'll be easier for you to give the next time. Let's pray. God, thanks for loving us and for giving so much to us. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to partner with you in giving back to you a portion of what you've given so that we can see the mission, the ministry of of your church uh, grow and uh, we can see the name of Jesus proclaimed in even farther places. Uh, and even more here at home. Thanks, God, for loving us and providing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. In the papers of Martin Luther King, Jr., you will read this sentence. We realize that we stand surrounded with the mountains of love and we deliberately dwell in the valley of hate. You know, there has been division always in... There has always been division. Since Cain killed Abel over a sacrifice that had nothing to do with him, Mankind has been at odds with itself from Dr. Seuss and the star-bellied sneeches who would have nothing to do with the uh, non-star-bellied sneeches, to the current national catastrophe over color today. We've never been able to consistently get along. Some of that division is legitimate. If you know someone of color, you know someone who at some point in their lives, probably more than once, probably very recently and potentially daily have been looked at funny, had someone lock their car door because they saw them near, seen a parent hold a child a little bit tighter because you walked by, or maybe even yelled racial slurs and comments from their vehicle. But it doesn't just have to be the color of skin that separates us. We'll fight over which coronavirus tactic is the best, We'll fight over whether you should or you shouldn't wear a mask, whether you should distance or not. We'll argue and draw sides and die on our hill for just about anything. Which makes me wonder, why? Why are we so willing to fight with one another? What is it that causes us to to fight over things that are stupid and inconsequential like the shade of someone's skin? And then I have to laugh a little bit, because I actually know exactly why we do that. And it's pretty simple. In fact, it's so simple, it's our bottom line today. Satan wants us separate. Satan wants us to to distrust one another, to accuse and point fingers and call names. He wants us to think that we're right and everybody else is wrong. He wants us to deal in absolutes like you always are they never. He doesn't want us to question. He wants us to quarrel. He doesn't want us to show grace. He'd rather see us get out our guns. He, do, he wants us to f- fight, not to figure things out. And he doesn't care what we fight over, just as long as we are fighting. Jesus said that the thief, speaking of Satan, wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said that, that he, Jesus, had come so that we might experience real life. And so Satan wants us separate, but Christ wants us for community. But Both community with each other and community with with Him, with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And so in the book of Acts, we have the story of the beginning of the church and, and the church age, which continues even today. In the first week of the series, we talked about the, important, uh, the importance of receiving not only the message of Jesus on which we believe, but that we also need to receive Holy Spirit who gives us the ability to look more and more like Jesus every day and, and gives us the desire to do the things that God calls us to do. Now last week we discussed how we are to respond to the message of Jesus as the king of God's kingdom by walking out our purpose And doing that in his power in order to fulfill his plan. But we haven't yet talked about what to do when Satan puts up a fight. The followers of Jesus on the day of Pentecost were all together when Holy Spirit came and Peter preached the first good news message about King Jesus. And on that day, 3,000 people came to believe in Jesus and then were baptized as a a, a sign, a symbol of their repentance and their faith. Peter said that because of that, their sins were forgiven and they received the Holy Spirit. We talked about that in week one, or last week. Now, uh, uh, one day or a few days or within a week, we're not really exactly sure But Peter and John are on their way to the temple. So they've preached to all those people. The church is now 3,000 plus. Peter and John are on their way to the temple. When they meet and then heal a man who was born crippled, or at least uh, from near birth had been crippled, we know that it was more than 40 years. When Peter and John meet him, Peter Uh, says, uh, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And so the man gets up and goes with Peter and John into the temple and he's shouting and he's praising God and he's excited because he can walk for the first time in his life. Well, this uh, scene causes a bunch of ruckus in the temple and it gives Peter the opportunity, just like on the day of Pentecost when God kind of drew a crowd, this healing draws a crowd and Peter is able to preach Jesus to these people that were there that day and that's when we kind of want to jump in the story in acts chapter 4 so here's what it says the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the sadducees that'll be important we'll remember that for just a moment came up to peter and john while they were speaking to the people they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people proclaiming in jesus the resurrection of the dead And so they seized peter and john and because it was evening They put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. They added two more thousand in that day. Now it's important for us to know uh, that it was the Sadducees who came to Peter and John and uh, and initially were greatly disturbed. Now that makes sense because of uh, something that you may not know. One of the Sadducees' major talking points was that resurrection didn't happen. And and so there's a a story, there'll be a story later in Acts where Paul stands before the Sanhedrin and he brings up resurrection and it gets the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Just in your mind, picture uh, Republicans and Democrats if you want. It doesn't matter, any two groups of people. And they begin arguing with each other and kind of Paul takes the pressure off himself. So this is what's going on. The Sadducees believed that resurrection didn't happen. And so as Peter and John are proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead, they get upset about that. Part of the reason they got upset was because the Sadducees helped kill Jesus just 50 days prior. And what Peter and John are saying is just not good for their spiritual business. So simply because Peter and John were telling people that Jesus rose from the dead, which he did, and many of them saw that, which they all knew, right? Because this is not um, something new. This had been going on for about 50 days now. Lots of people had seen Jesus. Lots of people had come to believe that He had in fact risen from the dead and they believed that He was the Son of God. Now, they get Peter and John and they put them in jail overnight until the next day. Now, I'm going to confess to you this morning that um, I have never spent even a moment behind bars well um unless you count that time in high school you thought something else was coming when we took a trip down to san francisco and i took a boat out to alcatraz and on the tour uh, i got put in one of the solitary confinement cells and they closed the door that was uh pretty creepy anyway there are literally today hundreds thousands of people in literal jail cells all around the world simply because they believe in Jesus. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I'd be willing to to be strong enough to endure that just for my faith. I find it interesting that Peter would later write, how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it, But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, that is commendable before God. And we can listen to what Peter has to say here because we know that Peter has spent time in jail for doing good. And he's endured it. Peter and John were suffering. They'd healed a lame man and they wanted everybody to know how they themselves could find real life in Jesus. So here's what happens. The next day, The rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law, they met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the others, the high priest family. These are, by the way, these are the same guys that were there that night, the middle of the night. When Jesus was brought before them, he'd been beaten and and was sentenced there uh, in darkness. Um, They had Peter and John brought before them. They began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? So the Sadducees gathered the whole Sanhedrin together. And so, um, kind of think of it like this. They were assembling the uh, Jewish Justice League, And they kept Peter and John in jail overnight just to find out. Well, they say, how or why did you do this? In what name did you do this? Now, they had healed a man who had been lame since birth. Imagine imagine that being jailed for doing something good for somebody you help an old lady across the street and you get put in jail you you pay it forward at mcdonald's drive-thru and you buy the the breakfast or whatever for the person behind you and the cops show up and take you off to jail for doing something good that's what's going on here we need to recognize that peter and john did something amazing they were simply being jailed because they had done it in the name of Jesus. Well, let's look at the next few verses. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, so he's, he's in front of the Jewish Justice League, right? All these people looking at him. And he said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shows to a man who was lame, and we're being asked how he was healed, well then know this. You and all the people of Israel... It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Now, I love this part because you you want to know how this man was healed? You want to know how he could get up and be in here? You've all seen him at the temple gates for 40 years. How is this possible? Well, I'll tell you. It's possible in the name of the guy that you crucified. Yep, like... He's back. He's back from the dead uh, and people are being healed in his name and like sound the alarm and call the police and make a citizen's arrest. Like a dead guy is healing people. Imagine being one of the religious leaders at this moment and, and he's like, look, how is this guy healed? I'll tell you. The dude you killed healed him. Like that's a dagger to the heart, right? I mean, they don't want anybody to know about what's going on. We talk about conspiracy theories in America Like, this is a big conspiracy. Like, you don't want anybody to know you are the one responsible for putting in the ground the guy who brings people back from the dead. Like, this is not good press. So the religious leaders really were just trying to eliminate the threat of Peter and John to their power. And and so you can insert a Jeffrey Epstein joke uh, right here, because it would fit. Like, they just want to keep them quiet. Don't bring it up. Don't talk about it. You guys need to shut up because you're you're putting too much pressure on us. There's too much light coming on us. So remember, the Sadducees don't believe in resurrection. So just by the fact that, that Peter is saying, look, this guy, Jesus, you killed him, but he came back to the dead. This is upsetting their whole view of the world. So look what happens next. When the religious leaders saw the courage of Peter and John, remember this was a a big deal to come before the whole Sanhedrin and all of the high priest's family. They realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. You think? Now here's where it gets difficult. If I ever get thrown in jail for healing someone, I have a feeling that when I was brought before the judge, when I had my day in court, I would not talk about Jesus. I think I would demand justice. I think I would demand the, the badge of the cop who threw me in jail for no good reason. Like I just did a good deed and, and, and you throw me in jail. That isn't right. And so I want Uh, payback here. I want my day. But Peter and John didn't do that. In fact, I think they astonished the religious leaders because Peter and John didn't fight. They didn't get angry. They didn't scream and yell. They didn't demand justice before the court. In fact, they didn't demand anything. They just shared Jesus. And they did it unafraid. And so I wonder, could you do that? Would I or could I do that if I were in their shoes? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't know if if when others look at me, they take note that I'd been with Jesus? I hope so. Maybe not. Let's go to the next verse. Then they called them in again. So the religious leaders sent Peter and James out of the room. They conferred for a while, right? That's what you do. Then they brought them back in, and they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So, like... Like, they got the, remember the last verse we read that said, the man who was healed was standing there, so they couldn't say anything. Well, this is what they're going to say. Look, we know you healed this guy. Just don't talk about Jesus anymore, okay? Like, could you just be quiet? Like, not bring it up, please? Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we've heard. After further threats, the religious leaders let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because they hadn't done anything wrong. And all the people were praising God for what had happened. Look, all too often, we're busy fighting for our rights, so busy fighting for our rights, that we forget about our role in Jesus' kingdom. Jesus said that our purpose was to be witnesses for him and that we'd receive power in order to do just that and so maybe the reason we don't have Jesus power is because we're too busy defending our platform instead of walking in his purpose Uh, let that sink in maybe the reason we don't experience Jesus power more in our lives is because we're too busy defending our own platform, our own position, our own rights instead of walking in God's purpose. Peter and John basically told their parole board that they were going to keep doing what got them incarcerated in the first place. Not to get money, not to cause anarchy, but simply because the story that they had in Jesus was too good not to share. Again, today, we'll find people fighting over masks and science and vaccinations and freedom and taxes and which college or pro team is the best and and what political party is right. But do we fight to share Jesus? Look, Satan wants to separate. And honestly, he doesn't care what it is that separates us. Just so long as it works. So Peter and John were warned and released. Now on their release, this is what happens. Peter and John went back to their own people, back to the believers, the disciples. They reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said, keep that in your mind, to them. When they had heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Now, Lord, they prayed, consider their threats Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Notice that Peter and John didn't get right out of jail and jump on their Twitter feed or their Snapchat or their Sprinkle or their mom book or whatever it is and scream about the humiliation and injustice that they had just endured at the hands of the temple guards and the fascist leaders. They didn't say a single word about what happened to them. Instead, they talked about what was said to them stop preaching jesus stop healing people in his name so what do they ask jesus for they asked jesus they asked god for two things number one they said jesus you handle them consider their threats jesus you you pay attention to the threats that they're making you pay attention to what their plans are and their plots are to get us to be quiet you handle them you deal with their threats and their hearts. That was the first part. And the second part they say is, but enable us to speak your word with great boldness. Basically what they're saying is, God, don't let us worry about the threats. You just help us speak with boldness. Why could they say that? Because it wasn't about them. It didn't come from Peter and John. It wasn't about them. It wasn't for them. It was from Jesus' It was about Jesus. It was for Jesus. And so two cool things happened because of this. Look at the next uh, verse. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Remember, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. All the believers were one in heart and mind, No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which means they violated what the religious leaders told them to do. They kept talking. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that all uh, there uh, were no needy persons among them. Their prayer was answered. They were given boldness through the Holy Spirit, to speak Jesus, and there were no needy persons among them. There was no injustice. At least there was no social injustice in their community. There was plenty of spiritual injustice. In fact, very soon we'll see a guy come on the scene and he'll begin to persecute and kill people simply because of their faith. But in this moment, because of their prayer, God responded. God responded big time. So what do we do about this? I want to share some thoughts that God's been bouncing around in my head late this week. When Peter and John were released, they went right to prayer. They didn't stop off and see anybody. They didn't go check anything. They They didn't find a lawyer. They just went right to their community and they prayed. And they did that for really good reason, because prayer accesses God's power for our lives. Prayer accesses God's power for our lives. Prayer brings to bear the power of Holy Spirit and the will and the ways of God into our lives. Prayer is an intersection between the physical and the spiritual and when the faith community comes together in prayer injustice intolerance insecurity and instability gets swallowed up in community when we pray we access the power of god and we bring it to bear in and and through our lives i'm going to share another point with you here but i want you to take this in the spirit that is given Prayer accesses God's power. Protesting accentuates our problems. When we protest, I'm not just talking about large protests that are going on now. I'm talking about when we stand up and we demand that we be heard. We demand that our rights be protected. When we protest, what are we doing? We're drawing our focus Uh, we're drawing or focusing massive attention to the problem. We're pointing out the problem. What we're doing is we're making the problem bigger because we're focusing on it. Professor Lewis Baldwin, who wrote the book Never to Leave Us Alone, The Prayer Life of Martin Luther King Jr. said this in an interview. Dr. King taught us about the importance of prayer not only as a part of our personal devotional life, but also prayer must be a part of any movement for social action. Now listen, you and I have a moral and spiritual obligation to stand up against injustice whenever we see it, wherever we're able. So I'm not saying that protests are bad, the protests that we think about today I'm not saying that you shouldn't protest in an effort to bring about change. I'm saying that for the believer in Jesus, for the follower of Jesus, a follower with access to Holy Spirit power, we already have access to the most powerful tool against injustice. That's God it's the Holy Spirit working in us and through us to to, to impact others and to see lives changed and communities turned around sometimes I think protests do the opposite of that prayer accesses God's power protest focuses on our problems and look we've been focusing on our problems for a long time they haven't gotten any better Perhaps, just perhaps, what we need is more diligent prayer. So listen, are you facing a difficult time in your life right now? Are your rights being trampled on? Are you worried about your future? Are you concerned about our country? Let me give you a little bit of advice. Because I think this is the way Satan works to separate us First, don't flee your church family from whom you draw strength and courage and, and energy. See, one of the things that happens when we're caught up in, in, in trouble and difficulty is that, is that we don't want to fight with those around us. And, and, and look, in church, we got a bunch of different people believe a bunch of different things about stuff that's not Jesus. And so it's easy to decide, I'm just going to run away from this faith community. Let me encourage you not to do that because it's when you're a part of that community that we can come together to accomplish amazing things. The second thing is this, just like we don't want you to flee church because there might be some trouble, don't fear your neighbors either. And we can really have these two uh, opposing things. When trouble comes and, and we're frustrated and we're angry and we don't know what to do about it, we can either run away, flee the church, or we can kind of hunker down in church and fear our neighbors. So we either run from the kingdom of God or we close ourselves into the kingdom of God and we don't talk to anybody, we don't share anybody, we don't become the witnesses that Jesus intended us to be. So if you're facing trouble today, if you're concerned about what the world is going through and what's happening in America, stay connected to your faith community. And don't fear those outside of it. Love God, love one another, and love others. That's what we're supposed to do. Instead of fleeing or living in fear, pray. Just like Peter and John did. Pray for boldness to present faith even when you want to flee or even when you're afraid. Look, Satan wants to separate but Christ created us for community. You've got to resist Satan's temptations so that you can receive and then respond to God's direction in times of trouble. And and maybe that's receive and respond on your own behalf or maybe that's to receive and respond on someone else's behalf. Jesus said that though we are in the world, we are not of the world. And that means that we shouldn't respond, like the world, to trouble and hardship. And so by prayer and learning to look more like Jesus every day, we can experience greater community, greater togetherness. Peter and John didn't fight for their rights. They fought for the right to share Jesus. And just maybe, if we spent more time fighting for Jesus less time fighting for ourselves we'd find the world around us a much better place let's pray god sometimes following your word is difficult sometimes we recognize the injustice around us and and it's hard to bear and we want to stand up and and we want to scream you know what what about me Yet over and over in Scripture, we're told to turn the other cheek. We're told to watch out for others, not just ourselves. As a church community, we're we're told to, to bear with the weaker ones among us instead of just demanding that things be the way we want them. God, so much of what you've called us to is backwards and seems different and and contrary to what the world would say. The world would tell us that that if we want things to change, we we have to fight harder and we have to shout louder. Yet I think in your word, you tell us that if we want things to change, we have to spend more time going to you. And so God, would you, would you just soften our hearts in this area? That we would not be those who would, who would just like die on every hill because we think we're right about everything. I think it was Paul who, who said, wouldn't you rather be wrong than have the chance that someone might not hear about Jesus? So God, would you bring us together in this kingdom, this community called church? Would you help us to, to stand up against injustice, but to do that in a way that, that points to your power and your purpose and your plan and, and, and not just the things that we want, God, I, I pray just as Jesus prayed that the world would be one, just as Jesus is in God and God in, in the Son and the Holy Spirit, that, that we would be one together in Jesus and with you that we might see unity among your creation in our day. God, bring that reality about and do it soon. Jesus I want to thank you for joining us um, this morning we have one more week of online only church and then on the 21st we'll be meeting back here in person and we'll be live streaming the service and we'll be doing that at a brand new time 10 a.m. and so we want you to join us uh, there next week it's going to be even a little bit more different and you'll see why if you tune in um, next Sunday morning either 9 or uh, or 1045. Uh, service is going to be a little different and I'll explain why then. Uh, but then on the 21st, join us for Father's Day. We got a couple of good things uh, happening. Uh, got some maybe some food stuff happening and we're going to give away some gift cards. And so um, hope that you will join us on the 21st, either online or in person at 10 a.m.
0: So, no condemnation here Mm-mm. You are holy, righteous, and redeemed Every time I fall there'll be those who will call me a mistake But that's okay Cause I hear a voice and He calls me redeemed And I'm saying I'm not a And greater is the one thieving inside The cross already won the war He's greater,
2: he's greater
0: I am learning to run freely Understanding just how he sees me And it makes me love him more and more He's greater, he's greater There'll be days I will lose the battle Grace says that it doesn't matter Cause the cross already won the war He's greater, he's greater I am learning to run freely Understanding just how he sees me And it makes me love him more and more He's
2: greater, he's greater
0: say I'll never be enough. And greater is the one living inside of me than he who is living in the world. In the world. In the world. greater is the one living inside of me than he who is living in the world. There'll be days I'll lose a battle. But it doesn't matter cause the cross already won the war He's greater, he's greater I am learning to run freely Understanding just how he sees And it makes me love it more and more My God is greater than he who is living in the world